the blast from our past network. What are you, a spy or something? A spy? A spy is like a gnat compared to a ninja. Ninja? You're a ninja? Get out of here! You're a ninja! Yes, I am a ninja. You know, I took a few karate lessons myself. I mean, I'm not as advanced as you. I'm what you might call a tangerine belt, a orange belt. You know, I'm, I'm one of them citrus colors. You know what I'm saying? Very admirable. Then perhaps you will know what these are. Man, that was dope! What are you, like, a, a third-degree black belt? The blackness of my belt is like the inside of a coffin on a moonless night. That's pretty black, man. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me this week is co host Dean. Dean, welcome. Hey, Tim. Thanks. This guy, Dean, never misses a ninja episode. Never. I will never miss won't a ninja do episode. No. I, I asked, refuse. I asked him to. I said, don't you show said, up this You said, week. hey, could you sit this one out this week? And I said, no <laughs> way. Do it. Hell no. I will be there. I said, here's what we're doing. Sit it out. <laughs> I'll do it alone. No. I'll, I'll take one for the team. But you said no. You wanted to be here. I wanted to be here, Tim. There's no taking one for the team on this one. <laughs> uh, hey, what uh, degree of ninja are you? I am. I'm also. I'm. I'm like Chris Rock. I think I'm one of the citrus colors. <laughs> oh, citrus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like uh, a, fresh, a lemon or a lime. <laughs> that's a fresh ninja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's okay though. Hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Well. We are back with the seventh Ninja movie of 2023. Uh, a little bit of a surprise entry, perhaps. Yeah. Now, this was it a... surprised me. <laughs> yeah. It surprised I'm... me that this would actually be on the list. I feel like it's probably surprising uh, a lot of people. Cool. Now, this was a listener recommendation uh, nice. from our friend Adam over at Blast From Our Past podcast and Throwback Trivia Takedown. Check those podcasts out, please. And check out all the podcasts on the BFOP network. Okay, do it. They're all our friends. Just check them out. They're good. You'll find something you love or Dean will do something crazy. Yeah, we'll see. Something crazy. But I already had it on the list. So... Okay. It, it didn't count as our one official listener recommendation, which right. is still coming right. up, but it worked out just fine that he wanted us to do this. And I already I had already decided we should do this because it's summer, right? Yes. I thought we might like to have a nice break in the middle of the ninja walkthrough because I thought maybe by this point in the walkthrough, maybe... Some of these ninja movies 
might be wearing on us and we might need a break. Right. Turns out these ninja movies have been fantastic. It's true. We don't need a break. No. We don't need this. Well, well we we see, we're doing we're, we're doing it anyways. We're embracing it. Yes. We don't need it as in like we need a change, but we don't like, even want it. Uh, Tim, I'm a huge fan of this movie. <laughs> I know. This movie was my childhood, so I am a huge, huge fan of this movie. So I'm very happy we're doing this, but I was, while I was watching it, I was like, Tim, that son of a bitch, he found a way to make this ninja movie summer. Like, this felt like a summery ninja movie. It's just like being in, like, California, like oh, I'm yeah. wearing my flowery shirt today. It's like, it just felt like summery. If it, uh, uh, more than any of the other ones we've done. For me, it felt like this one is the summer one. This is the summer ninja movie. And yeah, it's kind of fun and not as, as serious as some of the other ones. So great pick to slot it in here at number seven. I'm excited to do it. Yeah, I, I am too. I think it's going to be fun. Um, so huge fan, eh? This was, did you just say this was your childhood? This was my childhood. I probably watched it 500 times. <laughs> oh my god! I knew every line that was coming up, Tim. Every line. Oh, man. Wow. I uh, have seen this one time before. I rented it on DVD when it came out. Okay. I was like, I got to check out that ninja movie Yeah. with that guy. So I, I basically remembered nothing. Yeah. All I had remembered is that I'd seen it. So I rewatched it, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. That's a quote directly from my wife. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what she said one. when it ended. <laughs> now, I'm not a big fan of the Saturday Night Live films, so I was very cautious going into this. Like, it's usually the type of humor that I don't like, um, the humor that doesn't work for me. It, it falls flat. But I laughed at several things in this movie. I, yeah. I didn't want to. I wanted not to like it. I wanted not to right. laugh. And then I'm like spitting water out of my mouth at a couple parts because it just caught me Excellent. off guard. And some things did fall flat. A lot of things, you know, I yeah. thought were kind of stupid. But Chris Farley sneaking around as a ninja is truly hilarious. It's incredible. What I realized watching this movie is that he has such control of his body that he can make his physical comedy so funny. Just walking around as a ninja, he knows how that's going to look and he knows it's going to be hilarious. He just like, he does so many physical stunts in this movie that yeah. just floor me. They drop me. Yeah, he moves really well for a bigger guy. Yeah. Um, man, the funniest thing that I've ever seen out of him was an entrance to the David Letterman show when he was a guest. So he didn't come in where the normal guests come from like the side of Dave. He came in okay. from the back of the theater. Okay. And he was coming down the aisle, you know, and he's all amped up and he's being wild and crazy. And some guy in like the fourth row or something wants to give him a high five. And they kind of miss, they kind of miss the high five and yeah. bump each other a bit. And then they start high fiving really hard. And then Farley <laughs> starts chest bumping him okay. and like almost putting him down in his seat and getting, <laughs> getting like really wild. And then out of nowhere, Farley picks this guy up over his shoulder, walks him out the exit, and puts him in a dumpster in the what? back alley, and then walks back in and goes what? up to see Dave. It was amazing. truly amazing. I don't know amazing. how much of it was real or how much of it was yeah. staged. 
Um, I feel like it was mostly real. Amazing. It was wild. Hilarious stuff. But yeah, he wasn't that amped up in this movie. He was no, he wasn't that amped up. He was a little bit toned down, which actually I approved of. Yeah. I can tell he's that strong, though, in this movie. Like when you said he picked up a guy over his shoulder, like I get that because he does some things in this movie where I'm just like, yeah, he's really strong. He's he's like he's got really strong um, and like like I mean, like total control. That's what I mean with total control of his body. He just like he's strong enough that he knows exactly what he's doing. Yep. Yeah. I thought there was an excellent side story in this movie with his half brother, Gobe, played by Robin Shu. This was definitely my favorite aspect of the movie. I yeah. c- completely forgot about it. Thought it was going to be this stupid thing where the two of them are kind of working together the whole time. Turns right. out that's not what it is. So I was pleasantly surprised with that. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, the best best stuff in the movie. Now, before we get to a synopsis... I just had to Ninja do. Time. I had to do a few reps before we get started here. Yeah, could you believe I forgot about that sword, Tim? Could you even believe it? I believe it. I almost forgot about it. To be honest with you, <laughs> that was amazing. Five minutes before recording, I was like, "Oh, there's that ninja sword." The sword I, from last time. <laughs> right. Let's do that. Should keep that going. Let's get. That's pretty, yeah, I should keep keep doing that. It's important. <laughs> yeah. All right, a synopsis here. A man tries to rescue a woman with a little help from his (laughs) half-brother. That's all you need. That's all you need? That's all you need. That's short and concise. Wow. Now released in 1997 with a budget of $17 This movie grosses $38 So money doubled. Totally fine. It's directed by Dennis Dugan. He's done a few of these silly movies. He did Problem Child. He did Happy Gilmore. He did Big Daddy. And he did Grown Ups. Cinematography is by Arthur Albert. He did Night of the Comet, The Principal, Surf Ninjas. I forgot about Surf Ninjas. That easily I could forgot have, about that easily could have been in this place. In the place. Yeah, of this I one. forgot about Surf Ninjas, and I liked Surf Ninjas. Yeah, remember Three Ninjas. I do, yeah. I do remember Three Ninjas also could have been in this place. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, this guy also did Dirty Work, and he did some TV. He did The Wonder Years, ER, Breaking Bad, and Better Call Saul. So cool. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Well, for TV, at least. Music by George S. Clinton. He did the music for American Ninja 2. That okay. F- that forgettable soundtrack. I think we commented wow. on not even <laughs> noticing it. Right, cool. Uh, my, I feel like I can echo the same sentiment for this movie. I don't even remember there being music in it. I remember it a little bit more in this movie than that one. Yeah, because you could saw be it just 500 times. Exactly. I was going to say, it could be because I'm so familiar with it. But once like that music started playing, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, this it's is your great. Jam. This is great stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's my jam. You melted back into being a 12-year-old boy. So good. This guy also did the Mortal Kombat movie and the Austin Powers trilogy. Cool. How exciting is that stuff? Wow. I mean, it's good stuff. Okay. Well, let's good get music. into the let's get into the movie here. 
Okay, sounds good. Okay, we start in Japan with a secret ninja clan. And there was a legend amongst the clan that a foreign child would come among them and become a ninja master. If, if you're in a ninja clan, you have to have some cool, like, legend like that. That's going to oh, be some sure. prophecy that's going to be fulfilled. Yeah. Now, 25 years earlier, that child arrived to them. And how it arrived is a mystery, but it showed up in a box. A wild box. Like, that box is like... It's specifically a child was put into this like treasure chest. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What What, what do you mean? It had to be comfy and snug. It's was such, it ornate? It's such... Were you saying it was ornate? Yeah, it's ornate, and it's such great care taken to put a child in a treasure chest. Right. That you are just going to dump out into sea. Yeah, I mean, it's a mystery how it got there. It's a, it's a big mystery. It's a mystery how it didn't sink to the bottom of the ocean. Also true, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, such things would happen with the Chosen One. The exactly. Chosen One would That's find a way true. to defeat yeah. the raging ocean. Listen, if you don't question how the Chosen One got to you, <laughs> it, are they really the Chosen One? There has to be some sort of mystery behind it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like it. I mean... I didn't question it because the movie didn't question it. Not at all. They, the movie doesn't even know. They just It's a mystery no. to the movie. Yeah. They said as much. So we see a flashback of Chris Farley, and he's playing Haru. And he's a teenager training in the temple with other students. He keeps accidentally hitting the guy in front of him, which is his half-brother, Gobei, as we mentioned, played by Robin Shu. Then they cut to current time. Haru is 25, and he's doing the same training, and he's still accidentally hitting Gobei. So in 10 years, Haru (laughs) has learned nothing. He hasn't learned the next move yet. He's got the first one down. He hasn't learned move two. He keeps cutting straight to move three. You would think. (laughs) You would think he would get it. You'd think. Uh, We get a fun training montage to show us how awful Haru is. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's supposed to be punching hot coals, but instead he's barbecuing shish kebab on them. Smart. He's supposed to demonstrate his skill with a new ninja weapon that we haven't seen before, Dean. Mm-hmm. This was extremely exciting. I didn't expect yeah. to find a new ninja weapon in this movie. Same. But it's uh, a chain with a square blade on the end. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Well, Haru accidentally hangs himself with it. Right. Haru's not great with his stealth. He ends up falling out of a bush. He makes way too much noise during the silent walking. And when it's time to be branded by a hot pot, Haru can't handle the pain and spills the pot all over the floor. But during the tests, we saw half-brother Gobei was very successful at all of them. Yeah, yeah. The sensei is speaking before the ninja and shows them how to communicate with other ninja by projecting themselves onto the plane of enlightenment. Very cool. Hey, pretty cool. did you try doing that back in the day after watching it for the 217th of time? Of course. Where you're like, I feel like I can now project myself onto the plane of enlightenment. 
Of course, there's there's no doubt that after watching it with uh, a few of my friends, I was like, okay, you go in the basement, you go in the other room, I'll stay in this room, and we all try to project onto the plane of enlightenment, and we'll meet there. I'll see you there. That's just not Citrus Ninja level no. skill, though. I, I couldn't make it. I didn't make it there. I thought I could, but I didn't make it there. It's just like you you watch it, and you think that you could probably do it, but you can't. Well, we see Gobei's spirit float out of his body. We see all of the other ninja spirits sitting calmly on the plane of enlightenment, except Haru, who's floating upside down and wildly out of control. Hey, at least he got there. That's true. He got there. He got to the plane of enlightenment, so he's doing something right. Yeah. Then at a ceremony, we see Gobei receive the golden medallion for being the best student and Haru, he didn't even get a ribbon for participating. Heartbreak. They should have had a participation ribbon there just for him. I actually felt a little bit bad for him. Now, this of is course. kudos to Chris Farley acting like he's a little bit sad that he didn't get yeah. a medal. But I felt a little bit bad for him. And he leans over to go bay and he says, good job, big brother. Like, he's just happy for he's so sad but he's so happy for his brother in the same moment. It's great stuff. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. Now, later that evening, all of the ninja head out on a special mission, except Haru. Uh, He's left alone at the temple. But that works out okay for him because Sally Jones shows up at the temple. And she's played by Nicolette Sheridan, and she's looking for a ninja. Perfect. Oh, wait, they're all gone. They're all gone. They're all gone. Now, Haru tells Sally that danger is his companion and he can help. <laughs> Great. A w- wonderful line. Wonderful. I wish, I wish I was powerful enough to say that to somebody. I know, I know. If I could ever make it to the plane of enlightenment, I might be able to say that. You have to be a true third-degree ninja to say a line like that. You have to be. You have to. So Sally says she's in need of a ninja with great stealth. So Mm -hmm. Haru wants to give her an example of his stealth. He tells her to turn around and count to nine, and he'll be gone. And I don't believe it. I don't believe it for one second, Dean. No way. How could he do it? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. It takes him to like five or six. He's just looking around the room. (laughs) Uh, What to do, where to hide. Yeah. And then with the clock ticking down, he just runs through a wall and he's gone. (laughs) This was good. I liked it. Uh, On one of the takes, uh, Farley ran into a beam in the wall. No. Injuring himself. No. And I don't know if you know much about beams, Dean, but when Mm. you run into them, they're not very forgiving. No. So That's kind of their whole point. I feel like, wouldn't you tell him where to run out? Wouldn't you find where there are no beams and say, hey, Chris, buddy, on this scene where we need you to run through a wall, you should do it over here because it's soft and there's no beams. That makes me think that there was actually no plan. And it was just like, okay, Chris, uh, just do whatever here. Be funny. Do a funny thing. And he decided to run through the wall and hit a beam. Right. And they're like, okay, 
I know you got hurt there, but that was going to be really funny. So let's try it again. <laughs> you know, we want you to do that this time. Do just it again. Don't run into a beam. Go to that other that other wall. It has no beam. Do that one. Yeah. Actually, that would have been a funny thing in the movie is if he just kept hitting beams one after <laughs> oh, another no. and couldn't make it out. Uh, it would have been good. That would have been, been the good. gag to go for. Yeah. In those first like six seconds, I believe he puts like a bowl on his head and just stands in the corner. <laughs> yeah, he did do something like that. There's two times in this movie he puts a bowl on his head and uh, they're very funny, both of them. This is the first one. Well, Sally really liked what she saw. Yeah. And she tells Haru that she's suspicious of her boyfriend, Martin Tanley, and wants him followed, and Haru is happy to oblige. Then we see this Martin Tanley, and he's the bad guy. He's into making counterfeit money. That's his jam. Yep. yep. We see that he has a man killed. Haru sees it as well, and Haru is seen by the police at the scene of the crime. Now, word gets back to his sensei, and the sensei thinks this looks bad for the ninja. But Haru can... I would think... Go ahead. I would think. I would think that would be bad for the ninja, is that at a crime scene, you were spotted as the one who killed them, even though you didn't. That's very bad ninja-ing, Tim. That's being a bad ninja. Why? Because he should have been the one doing the killing? No, you're so ninjas are not supposed to be seen. Oh yeah, he's right. so seen that yeah. he didn't even do it, and they think he oh, did right, it because right. he's so seen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> not that's a, a very good, good job at hiding in the shadows. No, he wasn't hiding at all. He doesn't know how to hide. No, no he's no. bad at it. He jumped in like a garbage bin of fish guts. That was where he decided to hide at in this scene. It was disgusting. It worked, but it was disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. Haru convinces the sensei that Sally is telling him the truth and he must go to the hills of Beverly to protect her. Right. The sensei agrees, but secretly sends Gobe as well. Now, in Beverly Hills, or the hills of Beverly, if you will, Chris right. Rock shows up as a Joey Washington, a bellboy at a Beverly Hills hotel where Haru has gone to look for Sally, but he can't find Sally. Joey helps Haru to his room where he learns that Haru is a ninja and Joey is really into ninja. He loves it. And he wants to know if Haru is a third degree ninja. Haru tells him, the blackness of my belt is like the inside of a coffin on a moonless night. It's pretty black. That is such a good line. <laughs> And the way he delivers it, too. He delivers these lines with, like, <laughs> such great confidence. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's wisdom he's he's sharing with you because he says it yeah. so slow and so confidently. Right. And you're hanging on every word. And then you just buy it. it turns out to be a just a ridiculous statement. And it's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, when you get to the end, you have to then put it all together and figure out exactly what he meant Yeah, by bringing you there. This is great, though. Great line. So good. So Haru is going through Beverly Hills, walking up to every blonde lady that he sees, <laughs> looking for Sally. Just tapping them on the shoulder, yeah. grabbing them and turning them around. So embarrassing. Sally Jones? <laughs> Sally? It just like runs to one. Sally? Nope. <laughs> runs to the next. Sally? Nope. Next one. Sally? Nope. Sorry. 
Hey, I guess he thought it would be easy. He did. How he, big? He said. Sorry. <laughs> Cut you off. He said, how many, uh, how many beautiful blondes could there be right. in California, right. in Beverly Hills? Yeah. How big could the hills of Beverly actually be? How big could they be? It's not that big. It's just some hills. Yeah. Great scene here where Haru comes up to some mannequins set up on the sidewalk. He thinks they're real because one of them's like taking a photo, a photograph of the others. He thinks that yeah. the person is really taking a photograph. Uh, he steps in some dog shit. Then he grabs a newspaper out of the machine to clean his shoe. Sally is on the cover, <laughs> but he doesn't even look at the newspaper. No, she's on the front page, and he doesn't even take a look. <laughs> she's right there. Uh, then when he leaves, it turns out that Gobe is actually one of the mannequins. Hell yeah. Now, I was completely shocked by this reveal. Yeah. yeah. You probably don't remember this because you've seen it so much. Yeah. I didn't remember it at all. This blew me away. I couldn't believe awesome. When he stepped out, because the makeup was so good, his stealth, this ninja stealth of his, he's not even moving. Yeah. I thought they were all mannequins. It That's was amazing. Wild. That's so good. Yeah, obviously I knew it was coming because I've seen it so many times, and I can't remember the first time I watched it, but I love this gag. I love this, that it's that it's Gobe. Um, yeah, he, he looks great. He's, he's still, like, the entire time. Yeah, it's incredible. He's a real ninja. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, it was just great, great stealth work. But then Gobe actually sees Sally driving her car and he throws a throwing star into her tire so that she has to pull over. And she does, she gets out and Haru bumps into her. Right. So perfect. It was a great sequence here. Just everything yeah. that was going on, mostly like led by Gobe and what he was doing. Very cool. Haru tells Sally he's figured out her boyfriend is a murderer and counterfeiter. And Haru tails Martin Tanley to a strip club where Haru is unable to calm his urges and finds himself up on the dance floor dancing with strippers <laughs> until he falls off the stage and through a table. I don't know. This, <laughs> this is where he says, no, I am not one with the universe, which is it's great. Uh, I loved it as a kid. I thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun stuff. I find something just really funny about people falling off of a stage onto a table with like bottles and glasses on it oh yeah i, I can i, I can like know what what it is about it the exact visual of this scene like him ripping his shirt and he falls back as he's ripping his shirt he like trips backwards and that's when he falls on the table i can just remember it so well and like since i since i was 12 i can remember <laughs> like i just knew it was coming i knew it was going to be hilarious he's so good at like just the the whole rip and then it doesn't quite rip his shirt and he ends up <laughs> falling down doing it it's yeah. all so perfect this scene is so good yeah yeah that's pretty good it's funny uh another man is murdered though and haru is once again seen at the location and the police <laughs> once again think a ninja is responsible for the murder yeah so Haru, not doing good ninja work. No, no. I mean, no. up to this point, he hasn't been very ninja-like. He's not very good at it, no. No. So Haru goes to see his sensei on the plane of enlightenment. The sensei wants to call him home, but Haru says no. He needs to find Sally. So the sensei offers him some wise advice and tells him to try looking in a phone book. 
which is good advice. And Haru uses that, and he looks up Martin Tanley and goes to his house. Good advice. Sally shows up. She starts snooping around. Haru finds her there, and she tells him that her sister, who worked for Tanley, was murdered three months earlier. Right, yeah. Ooh. There's a plot in this movie. Yes, it's... uh. And it's sort of in this moment, like, we're not really sure about Sally because everything that's happened before this is uh, led up to us thinking that her name's not actually Sally. Her name's Allison. Everyone else is calling her Allison. That's the name she gives everywhere else. So we're thinking she's lying. She's lying to Haru. And so we don't know. Like, like at least up to this point, you're like, I don't, I don't know if I believe her or not because we kind of know she's the girlfriend uh, of Martin here. So what, why did she tell him a fake name? So in this moment you get, okay, you know what? She's actually, like you said, there's a plot here. She's actually here because her sister got murdered. She it does want Haru on her side. She gave him the fake name so that it couldn't be traced back to her. Um, so I, I like this. I like, I like this reveal here. Yeah. I definitely thought she was not on the level. I thought she was going to yeah. turn out to be like, the main bad guy or something like that, yeah. or she was trying to steal ninja secrets or something. So yeah, I was definitely against her up until this moment. And even still at yeah. this moment, I'm like, is she still like screwing right. around with him? But right. Tanley shows up and Haru needs to hide. And I actually thought he did a really good job here because he somehow got onto the top of a bed canopy. How did he get up there? I don't know. This is, how this did is he get decent. there? Like, yeah, it's good. I'd I'd probably need a ladder to get up there. D- definitely, definitely. So I don't know. How, I don't know how he got up. Now Haru starts to track Tanley again, and follows him to a hibachi restaurant, where Haru is posing as a chef. This is probably my favorite part of the movie. Yep. The actors must have had a hell of a time keeping a straight face. Because Farley is being so ridiculous here. He looks He's so funny. He looks so funny dressed up in this chef's outfit and <laughs> his skills on the grill are shit. He's just looking at the guy <laughs> beside him and trying to copy what he's doing. Obviously, it looks exactly as if I was trying to copy the guy. I can't I can't flip that food or anything. I can't like yeah. toss he's like tossing it into women's chests and stuff like that. Oh my goodness, this was so funny. This was the highlight for me when I was a kid. This was the go-to, the rewinding scene that you watch over and over and over again. Um, It was so funny. Uh, I watched it with my wife. She said the same thing at this point as you did, Tim, like that all those actors must be losing it. Like how many times did they just break into laughter during this? Because he is just being so hilarious. Um, Yeah, I I love this scene so much. It's so great. Yeah. He's... This is the other this is the other bull on the head scene that oh, I just okay. find so funny. He's like flipping the bull because he's like trying to flip stuff to be like the other chef. So he's flipping the bull for some reason on the grill and then he picks it up and puts it on his head <laughs> and it's hot. So it like burns his head. Why did he put it on his head? Why not, man? Why not? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's a really fun scene. You have Haru killing a bad guy by accident when a knife slips out of his hand. Yeah, great. You have Gobe dressed up as a woman sitting at the table. Yeah. And I once again did not notice that this was him. Yeah. I felt so stupid after this. Like <laughs> I noticed that this lady's eyebrows looked weird. I, right. I caught myself saying that in my head. 
And then I noticed it was a man dressed up as a woman, but yeah. I, st I still didn't get it until yeah. they all got into a fight and she right. starts kicking asses. And I'm like, oh, that's Gobe. They fooled me twice with his that's stealth amazing. in this movie. That's amazing. It's incredible. So Tanley escapes from that. Um, it was a fun scene. We should also mention that Chris Farley is fighting a guy using two <laughs> salmon as a weapon. Hey, that's a new weapon we've seen. <laughs> we have not seen salmon, two salmon. used before. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think I didn't think that was very funny the first time I saw it. I think because that was in the previews, so that's right, spoiled okay, for yeah. you. Yeah. I had forgotten about everything, so that was fresh. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed that. Just seeing him whip out these salmons. I would not <laughs> want to get hit in the face with a salmon. That would no. suck. No, and he does a good job with them. He takes the guy out. Yeah. <laughs> he's whipping them around. It would be hard to hold on to fish like that. <laughs> They're so big and slimy. And man, uh, he's just whipping them around like he's, you know, he was born to do it. <laughs> that was fucking great, man. Now, Tanley has picked up on the fact that Sally is on to him, and he grabs her and takes her prisoner. So Haru again goes to see his sensei on the plane of enlightenment, but it's different this time. This time his sensei has faith in him and even calls him a ninja. I don't know wow. why. I don't know why. He does it. He's he's very good at encouraging him. Yeah. He's like, he knows when to say the right thing. He's not going to give that guy a medal. He's not going to give him a medal for being a ninja, but he's going to call him a ninja when he's supposed to. Right. Um, Haru is very happy by this. Oh, yeah. This is just, he's very, very delighted. Haru receives his ninja medallion. That's nice. Very cool. And he dresses up as a white ninja instead of his previous black ninja outfit. Yeah. And he heads out to Tanley's headquarters. He uses a palm tree to help project him over a wall. That was very good. I don't think they bend like that, but good I don't, move. It's cool. I don't think they bend like that, and I don't think people get shot off them like that. Like, there was definitely the gravity was not correct the the <laughs> yeah. physics were not correct and i just i felt like it was on purpose like i felt like it was supposed to look Maybe. like that and it was supposed to be that ridiculous and funny um because it is <laughs> i enjoy it so tanley finds haru immediately just immediately finds him but gobe shows up and reveals that he's been following haru the whole time gobe's getting beat up pretty good and it's haru that is the one that needs to save the day here. And cool. he pulls out his true ninja fighting techniques. Where did this come from? He's just mad. He's mad that his brother is getting beaten up. It's it's within him, Tim. He's overthinking it in training. He's overthinking it. He's got all this pressure on him to be the great ninja. He's overthink here he just let it go. He just let it fly and it ruled. <laughs> this was good. I, I like really enjoyed this action scene i thought he was doing like a really solid job well he's kicking ass he's like he's, he's kicking a true everyone's ninja. ass yeah all he needed was a little confidence booster from sensei exactly. and a medallion yeah. uh he seems to be completely competent as a ninja here he's great yeah uh, they are running out of time though because tanley has left a bomb beside sally 
and it's ready to blow. Yeah. Tanley is the only one of the guys left. They've, uh, Haru's basically wiped out everybody else. Yeah. Tanley's shooting Haru with an Uzi, and Haru's blocking the bullets with two swords. It's <laughs> great. 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 <laughs> he's so good. All of a sudden, he's in the zone. He's in the ninja zone. He can do it all now. It's very impressive, ninja work yeah. there. Haru knocks Tanley down, and he goes to help Sally. Tanley takes off, goes running to his truck, and this sequence was truly incredible. Truly incredible. A truly incredible sequence for how this goes down. Yeah. <laughs> so as Tanley's driving away in his truck, Haru finds a way to get the bomb onto the truck as well and blow it up. Yeah. And he does that by finding a giant harpoon. <laughs> What's it doing there? What's it doing there? And what does he think he's doing with it? He just, what? he walks up to it and like pulls the trigger. <laughs> he's and like, don't worry. Don't worry, Allison. I'll be right there. <laughs> okay. Pulls the trigger on the giant harpoon so into the room she's in. <laughs> right. So like, what is it? What does he think that? I guess, did he do that to break through the wall perhaps? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he was thinking, yeah, maybe he was thinking that would break through the wall and then he could run in there. So he shoots that thing. It It goes through... The, the room's wall yeah out the other wall yeah and it goes flying and lands in the back of Tanley's truck as he's driving away great the truck pulls the harpoon's mount through the wall right into the room with the bomb it picks up the bomb <laughs> then goes flying into the back of the truck and Blows up the truck. Yes. Uh, yes. What? Yes, Tim. How? This is the best. I, hold on. I don't even think I could conceive of this idea. It's so obscure. No. no. If you asked me to come up with the wildest sequence to blow up the bad guy, I couldn't even come up with this. So, no. for that reason, I do like it. I think it's great. Right. <laughs> right. Um. This is the type of scene that I rewind over and over as a kid because I want to try to see how the bomb gets on the the harpoon. <laughs> yeah. Like on the on the harpoon uh, gun or whatever, the launcher. And so I remembered, and so I remembered watching this time, when that launcher breaks through the wall, the bomb goes flying somewhere else. Like it breaks through the wall and the bomb just goes flying off. And then the next cut is that it lands on <laughs> the, the harpoon launcher. So... It, the physics the physics of that do not make sense either because it's it's far it's going off far but it ends up it, movie magic Tim movie magic yes, puts movie it on mag- that harpoon launcher and then it flies into the back of the truck I love it I love this I love this part it truly was movie magic it was yeah like <laughs> the space in between getting from point A to point B yes is just like a whiteboard of mathematics, you know, in those movies yeah. where someone's really smart and they're like doing, a, doing an equation and it's a giant whiteboard just like filled with mathematical stuff. Yeah. The, I yeah. feel like that's how they got from point A to point B with this one. Right. Is an equation <laughs> right. like that. Cause like when you're watching it, you sometimes try to get a little bit ahead, right? A little, like a few seconds ahead and try to figure out how he's going to get in the room or like, oh, when he runs to something, you're like, okay, that ha- is how he's going to get in the room. This is what he's going to do. There's no there's no trajectory you could have followed to figure out that this is what was going to happen. No. It's like he shoots a harpoon, 
I'm thinking, <laughs> why is he doing that? What's he doing? And then three seconds later, <laughs> the main bad guy blows up. And you're like, what? Yes. What did I miss? How did what, that happen? What happened between that harpoon being <laughs> shot and him blowing up? Did I is like right. is the movie missing some frames? Did something get cut out? No. No. No, the, nothing got movie. cut out. It's, that's the yeah. movie. And you know what? It's okay. It's just fine. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. No complaints. And how all of that stuff missed Sally slash Allison? Oh, yeah. How all that stuff missed her? I just also great. The, the bomb's right beside her. The it's harpoon. Right. It's right beside her. The harpoon's mount is humongous. Yeah, and the harpoon like barely misses her going through into the room. So you would think that the harpoon mount would then hit her because it's like wider than just the harpoon is. Oh, you. But would it doesn't. Think. It. It doesn't though. It, it no. dodges her. No, well, that I mean, Haru is a ninja master. It, it's true. At this point, he is the great ninja. Like at this point, he is he he's got it all figured out. Yeah. Now back in Japan, Haru tells the sensei he will be moving to Beverly Hills with Sally. He says goodbye, and they leave in a truck. A grappling hook is accidentally tied to the truck, and it's hooked on the wheelchair Gobei's in. As they drive away, Gobei is launched 50 feet into the air, <laughs> <laughs> off the side of a cliff, into the water. At, at least they got the cliff by the water in the movie. <laughs> right. And okay. the end. Oh, you know what? I forgot about that. I should give my locations a little extra bump. You have to, you have to bump it up a bit. They had the cliff you by have the to water. Bump. They had the cliff. Why is there a grappling hook hanging out of that vehicle? What is going? Why did that get there? Why is it attached to Gobei's wheelchair? Why is, it attached to Why is any of that happening? Uh, Why but is another this... just another like defining gravity or sorry, defying another defying gravity moment where he just keeps rising and rising. And I'm just sitting there wondering, how are they doing this? Because this looks like a real cliff and that looks like a real body. And it just keeps yeah. going higher and higher oh, in the air. So high. <laughs> so high. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It was good. It was like that uh, clip in Gremlins where that lady goes through the window. Yes. It was like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it very, very good. Uh, yeah. So fun movie. I yeah. would like to submit a change request to the movie. Okay, that I think great. would make it better. Yeah. So Haru, um, he's a bumbling fool ninja who's mostly making mistakes. And I think it would have been a lot better if his goofy ninja behavior was actually on purpose. Like that was just the style of ninja he trained to be. Right. And, you know, people can think that he's screwing up, but that's just his jam. Right. You know, the, the movie kind of flirted with him being a fool. Then at the end, he's like super competent. I kind of wish yeah. it was just like molded into one where he is like a yeah. really confident ninja. He just has this silly style. Um, yeah. Similar to if Jar Jar Banks was, was a Sith Lord and how right. like he right. would Very be doing similar, that yeah. on purpose. You right. know, that's just the way he's hiding, you know, who he is. But I yeah. think it would have been a bit better if they did it that way. Cool. I, I like that. I wouldn't say I like it better because this movie's my childhood. So it's uh, perfect the way it is, but also I do like that. Cool. Okay, well, we have to rate this. Mm. So I'm going to go first here. Weapons and tools. Do we get swords, throwing stars, knives, or are they using bombs? 
Are they using poison? Do they use ropes and grappling hooks, etc.? Maybe something we've never seen before. So they were using ninja costumes. That's good. The new chain weapon I liked very much. There's katana, nunchucks, bow, throwing star. There was a three-piece bow staff I haven't seen before. That was cool. There's a blow dart, grappling hook. Uh, they used a laughing mushroom to interrogate a guy. That was Great. cool. There's a sigh. There's a comma, an axe, a pipe, a giant harpoon. So a bunch of cool weapons, but they're not used all that often. They're a bit light on the tools, but overall a really good category. I'm giving it an eight. Yeah. Um, lots of things that I haven't seen before. Uh, like you said, the chain with the, the square on the end. I thought the three-piece bow staff I hadn't seen before either. So I like that you're saying also that we haven't seen that. And uh, it's used in like a couple scenes. It's used for comedy, um, but it's like really stood out to me. It really stood out to me like a, especially as a kid, it's like a really cool weapon. I like things on like kind of on the end of chains, those type of those types of weapons. So having like a staff in the middle and then ch connected by chains to other staffs that then you have to be like, really coordinated to use um and he actually like haru looks cool for most of the time while he's like doing stuff with this staff and then he like fucks up with it um but i really like that staff so i like seeing that um the fighting with the fish i think that's a fish weapon that we haven't seen yet i mean it's just fish but i liked that um tools wise i guess it's kind of weapons or tools but um like gobe had a lot of stuff a lot of stuff to kind of help out Haru. So like at one point his mustache, Haru's like undercover and his mustache falls off and Gobei gets it back on just with like a slingshot basically, just like a little ball in a slingshot and he whips it on his face. So I loved that. Um, there's a dog chasing Haru at one point and Gobei like scoops him up with like some sort of harness thing that he had. I, I thought that there was like so many things, so many tools, so many weapons going on. Uh, I'm the same as you though when it comes down to actually the use of them we saw more than we saw used. You know, we, we, we got to look at a lot of stuff, but there wasn't a lot used other than some of these fun moments. So I actually landed the exact same as you, Tim. I gave it an eight out of 10 on, on weapons and tools. Cool. All right, why don't you give us tactics? Are they being ninja? Are they using stealth? Is there infiltration? Are they burning castles down or stealing documents? Are they trying to assassinate someone? Are they camouflaging themselves in trees? Are they hiding in plain sight? So tactics for me is, um, I mean, mostly Gobei in this movie. Uh, a little bit Haru at the end. Um, but I'm so impressed with Gobei in this movie and his tactics, his ninja tactics. There are some things that, like remind me of some of those really good tactics ninja movies we've seen but this is like just this fun comedy movie so i wasn't really expecting them like one of them is they're they're at the airport and haru has just landed and like there's this couple waiting for their luggage and you see their luggage come off the luggage uh like uh whatever the luggage chute it comes down and starts rotating towards them and they pick it up and it's gobei <laughs> he is the luggage like somehow he made himself look like the luggage somehow he got the tag that they put on the luggage <laughs> like on him it was amazing like was I, I absolutely love that it was, the best. it was the best it's like it's that magical ninja stuff where it's like no 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 wait that was a piece of luggage so i love that the um, yeah, the, the, the scene where he's like the mannequin where he like completely is, is fooling, um, at the, at the table, his like, 
he's at the table at the restaurant. His own brother, like Haru's own brother, is right there in front of him, and he doesn't even notice. He doesn't even notice his own brother sitting there, and we don't. We're fooled as well, and and we kind of know that Gobe is going to be around here. So I just love it. I think his stealth is amazing. I think all the ways that he comes up with different ideas to like make it work out for Haru, like even the ninja star in the tires, he makes uh, Sally pull over at the right moment so that she'll bump into Haru. Like it's precision with him. He is the best ninja in this movie. He's doing everything perfectly. Um, so I, I mean, I really like his tactics in the movie. Maybe I'm a little high, but I gave it eight out of 10 as well. Okay. Uh, I agree with you on pretty much everything here. This category is mostly Gobei. Uh, him posing as the luggage was hilarious. It was the best. Yeah. The guy goes to grab it and he like pulls it up and he pulls Gobei up. And then Gobei just like stands up and like almost like a transformer transforms out of looking like luggage into a person in all black and just walks off. It was hilarious. Yeah. Gobei saved Haru from a guard dog by lifting him in the air in some sort of basket. You put that under tools. I'm putting that under tactics. Gobe used a smoke bomb um, on Haru when Haru is in trouble with the police. He goes in and he changes shirts with Haru so Haru can escape. And so Gobe gets like, he's the one who gets taken by the police. Very cool. Yeah, Gobe is the mannequin. He was the woman in the restaurant. Uh, another thing you mentioned for tools Haru's fake mustache fell off in a scene and Gobei has to whip it back on his face. Great tactic. He, yeah, throwing starred Sally's tire, you know, to make the two bump into each other. It's all great stuff. Uh, Haru himself ends up doing a couple things, like yeah. getting up in that bed canopy was great. He used that palm tree to slingshot over the fence miraculously somehow. So lots of stealth. You know, lots of camouflage. Sally actually infiltrated Tanley. True. That was good. Uh, Gobei infiltrates Haru. She yeah. got that going on. Um, yeah. I love Gobei's hiding in plain sight. Just, we haven't really seen that um, very much. And they did it so perfectly in this movie. But I still think it's missing some of the core ninja tactics that we're asking for. So I gave it a seven. Sounds good. So fighting and kills, what do the fight scenes look like? Are they well choreographed? How cool are the moves? Are limbs being lost? Are heads popping off? Do we like the kills? Do they get a reaction out of us? Now, unfortunately, there's not much of either of these in the movie. Uh, it's just not that type of movie. When we do get either of the two, it was pretty weak stuff. The kills were very sad, very weak, just... Yeah, there's a few gun kills. There's a, a couple knife kills. That's about it. There's no blood. There's certainly no heads popping off, no arms popping off. Um, they get a bonus point here from me for fighting with a salmon, but that is still only going to get this category to a three for me. Okay. Um, I get it. Uh, I was also very low on this category. Um it's that reason. It's just not, it's not that type of movie. There's no there's no limbs obviously. There's not really many kills. Um I can't even really remember kills. Kills are a lot of kills are done with guns. Um in just not not like in the in in a fighting scene. Um when the fighting's happening though, I'm all in. Like I'm very engaged in it. So I I realize that it's not like 
It's not the bloody action and it's not the limbs popping off. Um, but I'm loving the fights that are happening. I think it's even when like Haru is jumping down and he's doing his fight scene. I love it. I think it's great. I think it looks good. Um, but you're right. It's just this entire category is sort of about that sort of intense, you know, that intense violence that, uh, that, that makes the fighting more interesting. Um, I was higher. I was higher than you, but I got to a five. Now, settings and locations. What's the aesthetic of the movie? We love seeing fights in fields and forests, deserts, and in water. What do you got, Dean? Uh, yeah, settings and locations not good on this movie for me. Um, we're in two different places in the world. Um, we're at like a dojo. We're also in, you know, Beverly Hills. You know, it's kind of like fish out of water type scenario. So that's fun. So like they they can get a lot of you know mileage off of that like just him going into a hotel can be fun because he's never been to a hotel before so even though it's just a hotel they're getting good use out of that and you know there's i mean they go they end up at like a racetrack at one point for a little bit um fighting is happening in warehouses like that's it's not very exciting locations for fights um so for me movie is completely lacking in locations um there's really there isn't super good use. Sometimes in these in these movies, we can have bad locations, but they're using them really well. They're using like the elevation really well. They're doing something great with it. They're being smart with it. Um, yeah, this one just didn't have it for me. I will give the extra point for the cliff at the end <laughs> because <laughs> I forgot about the cliff. So that extra point with the cliff at the end gets uh, this one to three for me for locations. Okay, cool. So we're at a Japanese temple. We're in Beverly Hills. We're in a print factory, a hotel, the streets, a temple in L.A., a hibachi restaurant, cliff by the ocean for two seconds. So it sounds like a lot of stuff, but for me, it never felt like we left the city. It Like 95% of this movie just feels like you're in the city. Nothing about any of the other locations were memorable they didn't integrate or use the locations to their benefit. Extremely weak category. I've got a two. Now, fun factor. Did we have fun with the movie? Would we watch it again? Would we buy the Blu-ray? Did it go fast or was it a slow drag? So for me, the movie did drag a bit. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, as I said. I had some good laughs for it being like not my type of movie. But I wouldn't buy it, and I also wouldn't be recommending this. So I've got a four for this one. Okay. This is going to be our largest gap, Tim. <laughs> oh, uh, here we go. It's hard. It was hard for me. I tried to separate it from the nostalgia. Um, I actually thought I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I as I used to. And then I don't know what it is. Sometimes there's just those movies that just maybe they're with me so much that just watching it, I'm like, this is the best. This is the best a movie can be. Not like the best a movie can be, but the best I can feel watching a movie. Like it just, it really hit me um, probably because I watched it so many times, reminded me of all the friends I watched it with, all the friends I showed it to. Uh, so I was having an absolute great time with it. I hadn't visited it in many, many years, probably since I was a teenager. And uh, yeah, I wasn't really expecting to like it as much as I did. And I just came out kind of loving it. Um, so I'm up at 10 or sorry, <laughs> I'm up at eight out of 10 for a fun factor. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. So I have a total of 24. 
15. You have a total of 32. So with 56 points, that makes this a new number seven for us. So at number one, we have Duel to the Death with a perfect 100. Two is Batman Ninja with 83. Three is Ninja with 78. Four is Ninja Terminator with 77. Five is Jack versus the Ninja at 74. That was a Patreon exclusive. At six is Ninja 3, The Domination at 66. New number seven with 56 is Beverly Hills Ninja. And at the bottom, number eight, American Ninja 2, The Confrontation with 43. I I don't know how American Ninja 2 is did so badly. Because when you when you think about it, like this movie didn't do all that great in some categories. It had some very low categories. True. And it yeah. still is crushing American Ninja 2. <laughs> yeah. Um that movie did not do very well. And movie did not do very well. Um I think that movie has a misunderstanding of ninja. Yeah, you think so? I think that's the thing. If you think if you think about that movie. That movie is not about the ninja. The ninja in that movie are very lame. <laughs> and yeah. the ninja in this movie are cool. That's like, Gobe is super Gobe cool. Is awesome. So, I like it. I like this stack up. I know what you mean, though. How could it be blowing it out of the water? Because this one got like a <laughs> two and a three from you and me in one category. But still, still. Like, I don't think anything is going to beat American Ninja 2. Now, no. I thought this was the only one that might it might have a chance. But... Gobe to save the day on this. Oh one. yeah, that's true. This movie without Gobe is a bit different different story, but oh for yeah. sure, yeah. Forty three. That's going to be a tough score to defeat. <laughs> tough to get lower than that. Yeah, it's very tough. All right, right on. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad we could do that one. Everybody listening, if you'd like to help support us here at Talking Back, there's a few ways you could do that. We'd ask you to share an episode with your friends, tell them about Talking Back. You can rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. You can leave a one-time donation on buymeacoffee.com, or you can sign up to be a patron on patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. And now that this episode's over, don't worry, head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like, or Dean will defend... Bullets from an Uzi with two swords. I could do it. Dean, thanks for joining. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hello! La, la, la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La, la, la.